Hey, and welcome to This Creative Life, conversations with creatives on creativity and how we can cultivate, inspire, and nourish our creative souls. I'm your host, Danielle Hall, and today I'm chatting to web designer and developer Chaitra Radhakrishna of Pink Pot Studio based in Seattle. We have such a joyful chat about the creative awakening we all seem to go through in realizing we want to live a creative life, how we can use creativity to meet our goals when logic tells us we can't, and how to keep creating in small steps when our schedule is tight. We also talk about how deep-rooted color is to Chaitra and how magical color really is. Oh, hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Tell us a bit about yourself and your journey to living a creative life. I know you've done some really big things to get to this point. Oh my God. Yes. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Daniel. Hello, everybody. I am Chaitra and I run a Shopify design studio called Pink Pot Studio. And also I'm an educator as well. Uh, in 2021, I started a program called the High End Web Designer that helps fellow web designers land high end website projects. These are the two parts to my business right now. And I truly love how it has all come together after being in the industry for almost six years now. I was born and I was brought up in this amazing city called Bangalore. Bangalore is like the Silicon Valley of India. You know, it's like California, all the startups, like it's it's that startup capital of India. And like growing up, computer science was one of the upcoming fields at that time when I was growing up in the 90s. And by the time I graduated college, like for me, computer science at that time was really hot in India. And for me, even naturally, my interest in science and math just led me to choosing computer science because that kind of combines both of it. And I ended up doing my bachelor's in computer science engineering. And then I went on to do my master's as well in computer science. So I am professionally a software engineer. <laughs> uh, the dream was to work in a company like Google, like I remember as I was going through those career fairs and things like that during my bachelor's and my master's, my big life's goal or career goal was like, I want to work at Google someday. So that was one of my big goals, like, yeah, during all that part of the time. But then after my master's, I decided to take up a corporate job in my hometown, Bangalore. It was a software company and they were into data analytics and business intelligence. I was really excited and I was hoping to do some really awesome, you know, groundbreaking, world changing kind of, you know, you know, you have those things when you graduate college, you're like, I want to get into the industry and I want to do some really awesome work, which is changing the world, you know. Uh, but then when I went in there, what I experienced was completely in contrast to what I had really dreamt about for my career. And I know this kind of sounds a little exaggerated, but I'm really honest when I say that within the lunch break on my first day <laughs> in the uh, in the new job, I remember I was like thinking, no way, I cannot survive here. This is not the place for me. I need to figure something else out, you know, but also the biggest struggle for me at that point was like, I wasn't one of the good corporate companies. So I was just left wondering, thinking about even me joining another company at this point, are really things going to be different at all, you know? Because if corporate life is similar to this boxed up kind of a little bit, you know, like that culture where you're 
you have to do what you need you're told to do that is one thing you have fixed hours you have fixed things that you have to work on you have fixed deadlines and da 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 you know you know like everything felt a little boxed up so i was just confused like and during those months i just kept wondering like okay i can change my job but is it really going to make a difference and i ended up working there for about 11 months before moving into my next part which is where my husband we met very early on <laughs> i think we started dating when we were about 16 17 so he's been a part of my life right from then and at that point he was in carnegie mellon university he was doing his masters in the us and i remember i was just like sulking to him on the way to my job and i was just telling him like this absolutely sucks and i cannot see myself doing this for a long time and i used to cry on the way to my job every single morning it used to be night time in the us for him and it used to be mornings for me and we used to talk at that time when i was on my bus ride and i would end up crying every single day before going to work so i remember he suggested like he's like why don't you just come for a research scholarship over here in the US and i was like no way i don't think i'll get into research because i've always been in you know like computer science like the engineering part of it research is a totally different game so i was like i don't even have any big research work in my portfolio to get a research scholarship or a research job he's like just try it out like just see let's just see what happens because I feel like when you're into research you just have more opportunity to play around and experience and experiment with different things so that you actually figure out what you really want to do. So I I guess he was trying to suggest that I experiment with different things to figure out what I want to do and um I I was like what am I going to lose and I just applied and thankfully I did get in the same university as he was in and I came in for a research scholarship to the US. uh in 2013 which is 9 years ago <laughs> i cannot believe that so i quit that job moved to the us in april of 2013 and i was yeah i was i moved to pittsburgh i started doing the research scholarship and that was pretty fun that was a huge change like the academic environment was a breath of fresh air from the corporate world and i truly was enjoying being in a new country new you know academic environment again and having an opportunity where i could experiment with different things but that said i also started realizing like how the industry or the career path that i was on was It, it you know it's like pretty much coding coding it's like sitting in front of a computer coding which is similar to the work i do now but there's an element of design that is there in my work today which brings in the creativity like all my creative juices and my the creative thirst i have like i feel like is satiated by you know design and other parts of running a business which was not there in that typical career path that i had laid out because when you study engineering it's it's pretty technical you know everything is about writing code solving problems writing algorithms and that kind of stuff it's very very technical which i'm good at but also i think there was a part of me that was yearning for some kind of creativity and creative freedom and an opportunity to just express myself in a different way which i think i have always been creative because during my childhood years i went to music i learned 15 years of indian music so that was my creative outlet i guess but there was it was very separate from my professional career so when i came into the real world with my job i 
I think I missed having a creative outlet. And so that's where I started like yearning for a creative outlet in my career itself. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And look, I went on a journey with you and I'm sure everyone listening will. But in the sense that I think we've all experienced something like that where when we're young, we think we've we think we've figured it out. We know what we want to do. We kind of assume and expect it's going to be exactly what we want to do. We want to change the world, as you said. And then you get there and it's like, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, this is nothing that I've imagined. This is not, it's not, and I know like when you're young, you kind of assume that you've got all, like you can just change everything. You can just do things straight away. It does take time. Yeah. But I think when it's such a, when it, when it really conflicts with your values, like already at lunchtime by that point for you, you're just kind of like, crap, what do I do now? Yeah. And I think like every creative has probably gone through this, yeah. like, where it's a shoot, like understanding that this is the way of the world and like this is what we have to do in society yeah. and this is like, you know, doing what you're interested in but realising like there's these other creative vibes that you want to actually kind of give to, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I think just going back on what you were saying about like the engineering side of life being so technical and I know that like we can definitely find that there's creativity in that in the sense of like problem solving and stuff but like what's your definition of creativity you know how do you create outside of the realms of what we define as a creative role now that you've kind of added the element of design in the mix for you yeah I think it's so hard to define creativity I feel like for me I mean there is like there are so many definitions I'm sure this is not the right definition of creativity or anything it's just something that is so intangible it's hard to explain what really creativity means to me I think it's something that's a part of me and a part of my work that I see in ways that are very unique to me again and throughout my life like I said I've had different ways and different creative outlets I guess I learned music for almost 15 years I learned dance and even now like when I see watercolor painting or any kind of like something on Instagram like something to do with illustration or something like that it truly lights me up right I'm truly excited and I think that is the creative element something that lights me up for no reason you know that is probably what creativity is where it's like You're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it with any kind of expectation, but it just lights you up from within when you do it. And you are in a flow state when you're doing it or when you're experiencing it or when you're going through that activity. So I think that's what creativity means to me. And even when I came to the US, uh, like as I was doing this academic research work, I started realizing or yearning for a creative outlet, I guess. And at that point, like, (laughs) it's funny, like, Whenever I tell people, like most people don't know this, but my design studio actually started as a beauty blog. <laughs> yeah, I love that. What an evolution. Yes, exactly. So when I came from India to the US, I had a lot of time on my hands in the evening. So academic job was in the morning and in the evenings, I used to be like free and Color is something that I have been fascinated from childhood. Like I remember like when I was in like my first grade or something, we used to, in India, we used to get these, I don't know if you have heard about these little bindis that people keep. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you you know about bindis, right? So as a child, like when you went to the beauty store in India, like we, we would get these round little colorful bottles all lined up in a circle of different colors. So it's like a color wheel, but with actual color bottles 
through which you can make your bindi in different colors, different designs and things like that. And I remember our school was so strict and my I had bought it from the store just the previous day and I just didn't want to leave it at home. I wanted to carry it with me wherever I went. And I remember taking it to the school, hiding it in my school bag. And whenever there would be like a break in the class between two different periods, I would open up my bag and look at it. <laughs> so I just kept looking at it. And once I got caught by the teacher, she's like, what are you looking at? And she ended up opening my bag and she saw that. And she's like, you're not supposed to be bringing this to school. And she's like, I'm going to keep it. Ask your mom to come and talk to me and then take it back. And I was so heartbroken, I remember. But I was so passionate. So color was something, I think, just looking at the different shades of color and tones of color is something that like absolutely mesmerizes me even till this date. Uh, when I came from India to the US, I walked into Sephora for the first time. Like, you guys have Sephora in Australia, do you? We have Sephora, but we have kind of our own better version called Mecca. And I used to work for Mecca. Okay. So I un- fully understand, like, I was always in skincare more than anything. Okay. But, you know, when we would get new products and then stuff and just like sheer, sheer amazement at color creation, like, like the array of colors yeah. and... It's just so playful. Yes. Like it's play. Yeah. So I remember walking into Sephora and at that time, India didn't have Sephora. Now they have it. But when I came in, I hadn't seen a store like Sephora in my life up till that point. So walking into it, looking at all the different shades of lipsticks and the colors in the eyeshadow palettes and blushes, gosh, like my... I was mind blown. And I've always had a little bit of interest in beauty as well, I guess. I don't wear a ton of makeup, but I really like having makeup in my house. It's just weird. Like, because I spend all this money and my husband's like, you don't even wear it. So why do you buy it? I'm like, I don't know. I cannot explain it. I just have that fetish. I think it's a girl thing. It's it's just, it's. but you could probably also consider it as just like another kind of creative tool. Like it's like having paints Maybe. and pencils and crayons. Yeah. And it's like, it's just another outlet yeah. to when it, when you feel like it, when there's an event or something, it actually gives you that option to explore rather than exactly. nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I ended up walking into Sephora, just being absolutely mind blown. And then when I went back home that day, I ended up searching for some product. And that is when I discovered the world of beauty blogging and even online blogging. Like, I didn't even know there was a world out there that was enjoying this absolutely beautiful world of like community, blogging, sharing information, sharing opinions, and just having your own online community where you could share this part of your life, you know? Um, So I ended up going into the rabbit hole of reading beauty blogs that night. And slowly, I think I started yearning for creating my own blog. And so I remember in October of 2013, I think like a few months after I'd been in the US, six months or something, I created a WordPress blog called pingpot.wordpress.com. I still remember. I didn't want to pay for the domain. I still remember. I'm like, I don't want to pay for it. I'm just going to. No, we weren't ever ready to pay for that domain. I still remember my blog spot. It was never going to be that that professional. <laughs> so I ended up starting that blog, started sharing some beauty stuff, like writing about my, you know, like the products I had, like just sharing like a little, you know, hobby of mine, you know. So every day I would come back home from my research job, take photos of me or take photos of products and talk about that and stuff like that. 
But slowly what I started noticing is I wanted my readership to grow. And I started researching on how to increase my traffic, increase readership and things like that. And really started setting up my blog in a way that was attractive to my audience. And in that process, I started tweaking CSS, JavaScript, all that good stuff. I moved to Blogspot from WordPress. Um, and I just fell into the I fell in love with the process of just like designing my blog. And it was easy for me because I had the coding background, I guess. So it was really fun for me to play around because I would write a piece of code and I'm like, huh, this, this, it, it created this feature and this feature. And I was just like very experimental. It was a lot of fun. I remember doing this until the middle of the night one day. And I was like, I woke up my boyfriend. I'm like, I think I found what I want to do with my life. I just want to keep designing blogs, you know? And, um, my research scholarship was also coming up for renewal at that point. And I was thinking about what my next pe- next steps were. I started an Etsy shop selling blogger templates because I also, as my readership grew, people who were coming to my blog started noticing my blog's design and started asking me more questions about, hey, how did you get your blog to look like this? How are you getting your photos to look like this? And things like that. Soon my like beauty content started transitioning into, you know, photography tutorials, design tutorials, and all that good stuff. So yeah, it was a beautiful transition, I guess it was very naturally took place. And I started enjoying writing about these tutorials. And I launched my first like my Etsy shop. That was how my design studio even started. I did a simple Etsy shop with five templates, selling blogger Blogspot design templates uh, for other bloggers. And somebody randomly in some part of the world brought one template and that was like an opening to what was possible online for me. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, it's it's just such a beautiful organic evolution, isn't yeah. it? To from doing starting something that you really loved, mm-hmm. that you were really kind of living for. And you know, finding this like little sweet spot of all the things that you've learned to that point, combining everything. And then it just happening. And I like, I'm very much like, I'm pretty woo woo. I pretty much think like the energy you put into the universe, you get back, you know? And I think, I think like, yeah, that was just all meant to be (laughs) in between all of that growth. Like how did you get your creative mojo back after taking a break to fully immerse yourself in motherhood? Cause you know, yeah what you do is so intense. Like the big jobs, they're very intensive jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So I started my business with the Etsy shop in around, I think beginning of 2015 and my business was going great. And I think, yeah, sometime middle of 2018, I got pregnant with my baby and I decided to take a break from my uh, business. I intentionally didn't plan for it to be 18 months long, but I just kept pushing it. Like I thought it would be four to six months long, but then after six months, I still wasn't ready to come back. So eventually it ended up being a really long break, like 18 months. And before that, I would say I had built up my business to be, if not very successful, I was happy with the money I was making. And it was really good. Like I was happy with where it was, although I had bigger goals. And during that time, everything went down to kind of like zero, like my traffic, which had built up, to really good traction, everything went down, my revenue went down, leads, inquiries, everything kind of dried up. So even coming back, it was really hard for me because everything that I built up to that point over the last three to four years had kind of gone down. And I was like, do I even have the energy to rebuild everything back up from scratch? And I think it's at those in those moments where 
you truly need to rely on creativity to give you that push. Because if you're logically thinking about it with no creative element and you're logically thinking, how am I going to make this work? Your brain is just going to be like, yeah, it's really hard. You can't do it. But you then need to look at what really lights you up, right? And it's always the creative part that gives you the energy to go into things that feel impossible, right? At that point. So me just going back and looking back at some of the websites I had created in the past and probably just like going back and looking at what's possible for my web design studio in the future, looking at those website designs, looking at some new website platforms that had launched at that time, all of that kind of reignited like some kind of, oh my God, this is the vision. Like I can do something like, you know, because if you're just looking at paper and just being like, okay, Right now, zero inquiries, zero leads. Like, how do I get this back up to where it was? Nothing about it is exciting. In fact, it'll kind of pull you down because it's like, yeah, it's it's very hard, by the way. Like, if you ask your brain, like, how am I going to make this happen? It's like, yeah, it's not possible. It's pretty hard. Like, why did you even let it da- go down to zero? Like, who asked you to do that, right? Like, all it, it kind of comes up with all these things. But then that's when you need to look at that one creative spark that's going to really light you up. And for me at that time, I remember coming back and there's this platform called Webflow. It's so amazing, that platform. And I hadn't looked at anything like that up till that point. When I came back, gosh, like even playing with their editor in the back end, like was so fun. And I built my new website. Like at that point, my website had become a little outdated. So I was just playing around, building my new website, and that kind of like reignited a lot of the spark. And also looking at what else is happening in the industry on Pinterest, like just looking at other website designs, like aspirational sites that I wanted to build, like all of that kind of reignited is, you know, a really special spark in me. And also gave me the energy to come back and restart my business from scratch. You know, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. Like I said, I think the creativity is, that part of your brain, which has less logic and more energy and spark so that you don't logically question how is this possible, but it just gives you the energy that it is possible. Go for it. Does that make sense? Like, I I don't, yeah. (laughs) I'm living for it, quite frankly. Like, I'm just, you know, I haven't actually heard it put into that, that kind of term. And like, it's really obvious, but we don't realize the weight of our creativity that it has on us giving like giving us energy yeah. to do things yeah. giving us meaning to do things and just like you said and like I'm in a similar position I'm like what am I doing what do, like what do I'm doing with my business what do I want to do where am I at yeah. now and it's absolutely true when you're looking at all of the the data mm-hmm. it's like of course it's going to scare you yeah. of course that's going to tell you yeah it's not worth it. It's scary. There's fear. There's limiting beliefs. There's all of that kind of stuff. But if you're being purely driven by your own creativity, that's kind of also like your own compass, your North Star, it's so easy to just allow yourself, as you said, like the flow state yeah. to just allow yourself to go with it. And I yeah. fully am here for it and I love it. And I love that you brought that up. With that, how do you keep your creativity alive and thriving between those big client projects? Because as I said, like, especially when you're doing web design and development, yeah, these kinds of projects can blow out yeah. quite yeah. lengthy times and, you know, they're just so intensive. So like, how do you, where do you find creativity in that? Yeah. So I remember like one of my dearest friends, Olivia Herrick from Olivia Herrick Design, she is absolutely amazing. And I remember 
on her Instagram feed, she does these design exercises that she does and she posts that work on her Instagram. It has nothing to do with any client work and it has nurturing her own creativity so that she has the freedom to kind of design what she feels like. Uh, and right. So when I saw that for the first time, I'm like, gosh, I want to do that. And I think adopting that idea from her and putting that as a part of my own creative process has been so huge for me because I have a ton of creative projects that are open and they're not done yet. And I'm totally okay with that because the whole idea of doing these creative projects just for myself is to keep the creativity alive and to keep improving on my skills. And so between projects and even during client projects, I don't, I actually don't even set a time or a day for it every week, but randomly throughout the, on a Friday, probably this usually happens on a Friday or randomly on a Monday, Monday and Friday are my like free, flexible, open days. Like I can do whatever I want on those two days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are busy for me. So those are the days I do client meetings, client work and things like that. But Mondays and Fridays are pretty like free flowing. And those are the days, like whenever I can, I just pick up a new creative project that I want to do. And I I don't even put pressure on myself to kind of create an entire website design or something. I'll just do the hero section of a homepage or I'll just do the product page of an e-commerce brand or I'll just do a small about me section. Like for me, just designing even these small sections and just the mobile version of a section or something like that, you know, whatever I'm feeling that day or designing some icons for the website or something like this. And these are not related to client work. These are just like, you know, what I want to do, like maybe it's like, oh, I want to design for this awesome kombucha brand today. Or I want to design for like this baby clothing brand today or something like that. I'll just randomly come up with a name. I'll just try to uh, design something. And often whenever I share the behind the scenes of these projects on Instagram or social media, I get a ton of engagement and feedback too because I think every creative really appreciates seeing the behind the scenes of another creative's work you know so I guess for me like just doing that one activity has been huge for just like keeping my creativity alive in between uh, the other projects that I'm working on. And I love that you talked about, you know, small steps, taking small steps because we have we, we put so much pressure on ourselves yeah. to finish something and there's just times and places that it's just not like it's we can't do it no. like because there's other things happening in our world in our personal world in our emotional world like you know there's just there's just going to be times where you can't fully see something through and we we just punish ourselves so I much know. for not for not finishing something but i think we tend to forget that it's just the starting and that's like you know with olivia essentially being the inspiration for this whole podcast after I did her course. And I think if anyone is looking for inspiration, head over to Olivia's Instagram, just because there are always not only are the beautiful quotes that really just resonate every day that you see them, but she does show you in really simple ways, like just creating something for 10, 15, 20 minutes can really change everything. Am I great at doing that? No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Honest confession. Yeah. But I think if you do have that time and space, just allow yourself to kind of play with it. Going into that kind of inspiration as well, like what are some of the things that inspire your work? And I also wanted to kind of lead in with just you talking about colour as well, and I hope this is not uneducated or assumptuous, but especially Indian culture, 
and the amount of color and vibrancy and just it's it's so beautiful so I can imagine being surrounded by all of that as well like it's just yeah it's gorgeous so I'm sure that that probably inspired your love of color yeah and that play too a hundred percent yet I think as I was growing up like I think color has always fascinated me and more so like once I started looking at the different hues and tones because I feel like every culture has certain tones more stronger like if you go to India you'll find really strong reds and pinks and yellows like everything is very vibrant over there um like and it's a very tropical country um it's like a lot of greenery and at least when I was growing up there was a ton of greenery um so like I think the colors and hues in India are not muted they're very vibrant so I always had that while growing up and then when I moved to the U.S. and not just in the US, like just overall, like even when you come into the online world, you get introduced to so many different color palettes. Like then I started appreciating the neutrals, like, and it's, there's just so much magic and beauty to like, for somebody who was always into vibrant colors, I started appreciating the muted neutral colors as much. And every tone and every hue has so much beauty to it. It's just amazing. And so colors are very inspiring for me in whatever form they are in, whether, you know, it's like like starting with the simple bindi box I told you to cosmetics to paint. But like whenever I walk into a craft store, like just looking at those different shades of acrylic paints or watercolor paints, that just absolutely blows my mind. Um, And even in India, like the fashion. Just so much like bursts of self-expression as well. Yeah. Because saris are also so personal. And so it's a really like, you you know, it's such a personal thing to choose one and to really feel connected to it as well and how they're made. And like, it's just so intrinsic, like the whole culture of every, of the fashion and the colors and the self-expression. It's just so... I know we keep saying vibrant, but it's it is it's gorgeous. Like yeah. it's just so passionate. I so agree. Like it's it's so amazing how inspiration and creativity can be found in the most unexpected places as well. Like even like a fragrance, like you said, can just transport you to a whole different world. And I feel like even the fragrances in India, like there's just so many different like flowers and yeah, there's just like so many different scents. Uh, there's one scent called sandalwood. Uh, which is a very famous scent uh, that's very Indian. Jasmine flowers are very famous in India. Like I think all these beautiful, uh, it's like, yeah, you're right. It just transports. It's so, it's, and it's really intoxicating as well. And I know that I'm a white girl that has no idea, but I see that and I, I wish I had more culture. (laughs) Like I look at that and I think it just adds so much more meaning and I don't know how to explain it. It just adds so much more meaning to life Mm -hmm. when there's so much connection to the culture as well as just, as I said, the self-expression and how, how important, like how, you know, I keep saying meaningful, but when things are made by hand and, you know, it's just so special. Like it's so special. Yeah. So I could go on about it all all day. It's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And for me, it just like represents a lot about life. And this might be sounding too philosophical, but I am a little bit into that. But it's like beautiful how there are so many different colors in the world, just like how many different types of human beings we are all like, you know, it just represents the variety in the human race, as well as at the same time, all these colors, like when in the colors of the rainbow, when they pass into the 
pyramid, they come out as one light. So it also just diff- like kind of shows the variety in human race, but also showing that we're all one at the root of it, at the essence of it, right? So is that that's just like beautiful how co- what colors represent to me. Like we're all one when we pass into the pyramid, like we are one as a human race, but there's so much beautiful variety among us, like how uniquely different we are all from each other, right? I love it. If you could be a color, what would you be? <laughs> I have, my studio is called Pink Pot Studio. So maybe I should just say pink, but I really like white too. Yeah. So white, pink. Yeah. I guess white and pink. Yeah. And also like yeah. when I started like creating my own design style, I love the Swedish minimalistic design style. So when um, I started designing my blog templates or when I started getting into more into design, I just kind of like, came together with my own style as minimalistic with a pop of color. So I still love the clean white design aesthetic with a lot of white space. I love minimalism and I practice that as much as possible, even in my real life, like with keeping just like 10 to 15 items in my wardrobe or and trying to keep clutter away and things like that. But I love color. So I'm like always minimalistic, but there needs to be a pop of color, you know? So yeah, I love, I, I just, that's just like my design aesthetic, something that I landed on after in my own creative journey. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm sad to wrap this up, but like, what's your number one piece of advice for finding creativity in the day to day, even when the work doesn't feel creative? Mm-hmm. I guess letting go of perfectionism. That is just such a huge work in progress for all of us. And especially for creatives, it can be hard to let go of perfectionism because we are creative and we have an idea of what we want certain things to look like in our head and we won't let it go until we translate that into real work. But that also kind of sometimes puts pressure on us, which takes away the joy from creating because you're like putting pressure on this needs to be perfect. This needs to be perfect. So it just takes away the joy from creating. So just creating for yourself without the pressure and letting it flow freely and embracing the imperfections and embracing the ups and downs of the creative flow, I think is truly going to be, you know, impactful in your creative journey because I mean, no day is same. Like every day is different. You are different every day. Your emotions are different. And so just embracing it all and expressing yourself through your creative work freely without putting any kind of perfectionism tendencies or like forcing anything when you don't feel like it. I think it's it's a hard balance, but like trying it and letting yourself flow freely, at least for like 20 to 30 minutes a day in whatever art form that you want, whether it's like dance, whether it's, um, you know, yeah. And one other thing I want to say is like, it's so easy for us business owners to also kind of like turn every piece of passion that we <laughs> run into into a business, you know, like for me, I got into beauty blog. I got, I got into like, I was very mesmerized by beauty and then I turned it into a beauty blog and then tried to monetize it. Right. And then after beauty blog, I was like, okay, I'm enjoying design. And then I created the Etsy shop. And then later I also got like, a photography has been a huge part of my work too. Like I created stock photos for other creatives and had that as a big part of my business as well uh, in the 2016, 2017 part of my business. So every time I start a hobby that feels exciting to me, it's it's just there's a business owner and an entrepreneur in us as well, which kind of is like, wow, like, can I turn this into something more, you know? Uh, but I guess 
having yet another part of your life which like you'd never want to make it a business but just truly enjoy it for the passion of it i think having that could be really amazing as well like for me to just like break out into a dance or something which i'll never monetize by the way i don't think i'll ever <laughs> enjoy dancing oh why not <laughs> It just just so I have something in my life which you know does not come with the pressure or does not come because once you add a business element to it unknowingly we put pressure unconsciously we put pressure on ourselves to make it perfect you know but but otherwise if I'm just dancing in my living room nobody cares and I'm truly enjoying and having the time of my life and expressing myself which is awesome right like just having that one little outlet um I think is going to be awesome for everybody yeah I love that. Thank you so much, Chaicha, for this beautiful chat. I love your energy. Thank you for it's dark and gray and gloomy here. So I'm really appreciating all the sunshine you've just brought to me today. Oh my God. Yeah, so glad um, to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I guess like there are so many podcasts out there that are focused on the business aspects, on the strategy aspect and the other aspects of running a business and being a creative entrepreneur, but I think there are fewer conversations about what it truly means to be a creative, right? You could be a blogger, you could be a fashion person, you could be a designer, you could be so many different things but i think there's a creative in all of us and i think having more conversations about that creativity and how to nurture that is so important for our industry and i'm just so grateful that you are doing this podcast with and having those impactful conversations which are truly influential and beneficial for us creatives yeah Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the love and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify where you can subscribe and follow along too. And I'm also over on Instagram at at thiscreativelife.podcast sharing some good stuff. Until next time, keep creating.